range is in my head. Yeah, I'm just gonna look above you right there. there. <laughs> I can do this. Whoa. That was pretty interesting. Why are you proud of me? Many things. You're very smart. You're very independent, strong-minded, good with money, entrepreneur, great mom. I'm proud of you because you have grown up to be a strong man with good morals, and you know how to treat people right, and you serve the Lord. You have an awesome heart, you love people, you're great with kids, and you're just a good human. You're a great human. Great human. Daisy, I am proud of you for your imagination, your creativity, and your just wonderful joy that you give everybody. You guys are all so special to me, and I couldn't be prouder to be your daddy. Josiah, what makes you proud of me? I'm proud of you um, because no matter what, no matter where I've been, no matter what I've been going through, you've always been there by my side. It's one of those things that I can open up to you and really just be me around you. What is it about dad that makes you proud? Um, give me hugs. I'm just so proud of my dad because he lives a life that proves that you can put Jesus and your family first. I guess the thing that I miss most about him is um, that I just don't get to talk to him anymore. I'm proud that you show up always and that you have never stopped growing. That you make us do. What else? I think going through all of the changes that we've had in our family um, and some of the difficulties that come with raising me and my two younger <laughs> sisters and being able to just kind of take that and, uh, and do with it what you've done and still keep the, the family centered around the Lord, it's really cool. Because he gives me ice cream. I love my daddy because he prays for me and helps me go to sleep. He was, he was always proud of me. And it was just, that was his phrase. And it was every day, every day of my whole life. Oh, I love you, buddy. Oh man, you give the best hugs. Oh, oh. I love you, daddy. I love you guys too. Love you, man. I love you. You're the best hugger in the whole wide world, baby. I love you. I love you. I just love that so much. Happy Father's Day to all of our dads and our spiritual dads at all of our campuses. We love you so much. In today's culture, you hear so much about the powerful absence of fathers, and we'll talk about that a little bit, but what we want to do is take a minute and honor our dad. So hey, if you're a dad, a stepdad, a surrogate dad, uh, standing in for dad, uh, whatever that looks like, a spiritual dad, I, I know you may not want to do this, but will you stand up at all of our campuses, stand up if you're a dad, at online campus, stand up, Woo! come on, give it up for our dads. Stay standing, dads. Stay standing. Stay standing. Amen. We love you. 
hey, I've been thinking about this moment all week, uh, actually for a while, because I knew I would do this to you once. I knew you didn't want me to, so it gives me pleasure. Um, but also, uh, what God would want to say to you in this moment, not me, but what would God want to say to you in this moment? And what he wants you to know is he's proud of you. What he wants you to know is that he believes in you. And what he wants you to know is that no matter where you're at on this journey of fatherhood, whether your kids are little, whether they're out of the house, whether you feel like you've got it under control or you feel like it's out of control, that you have exactly what you need to honor God in this mission. Now, I'm, we're going to pray a blessing over you, but I want you to hear this. I want you to hear this. This is not from me. This is from God. You being a dad is not an accident. It's an office. In the Bible, it talks about different offices, the office of a pastor, the office of a prophet, the office of an evangelist. And I believe a forgotten office bestowed by God is the office of fatherhood. If you're by a dad, will you reach your hand out and just touch him? Let's pray a blessing. God, I come before you right now with these men of God who are standing at all of our camps. We love you. And God, I know in my, I know in my spirit you want them to know you're proud of them. The, 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 the culture and the enemy has told them to quit, that they're the butt of jokes, that, that you know, it's, it's, it's not really about them. But God, would you remind them today, would you embolden them today, that they are not a father by accident, but they are a father by office. And not, not just to their biological kids, but they are spiritual fathers to those around them, starting with themselves and with their homes and leading to anybody who will watch the example that they set. God, let this be a change in the trajectory of our nation through the men of God standing right now. We love you so much and we're grateful for it. We're grateful for what you're going to do in your precious name we pray. Amen. All right, let's honor our dads one more time. You guys can have a seat. We love you. We love you. We love you. Hey, let me practice what I preach for a moment to honor my dad, Pastor Chris. Your leadership, your devotion to mom to Faith, to Micah, and to me. Uh, thank you for letting us see God as Father through seeing God in our Father, in you. The impact that you've made through breaking generational curses wasn't just seen in you and your brothers and your mom and your dad, but it was seen in us and your kids and in the generations that will follow and my kids and my nieces and nephews. I love you so much. I pray you enjoy a well-deserved weekend of visiting campuses that you spiritually father so well. So faith promise to all of our campuses. Will you help me honor our spiritual father and Pastor Chris? We're so grateful for you. We love you so much. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Awesome. Awesome. That's so good. That's so good. All right, sit down. Come on. It's not that good. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> hey, I know this series in Familyish has been uh, amazing as we challenge families for more and as we celebrate Mother's Day and Father's Day, but I also know that it's been a challenging series for so many who've lost moms, who've lost dads, whose family aren't in the places that you wish they were. Well, hey, today is going to be amazing. We're going to laugh, we're going to cry, we're going to receive a challenge that sincerely could change our world, but also I know that today is challenging for maybe you as a dad or for families that don't have dads or spiritual fathers. Can I tell you that's why we exist, this family, to be there for you? 
So if you need counseling, you need a spiritual father, you need somebody to be there with you, put that on the communication card. Put it in the bucket on your way out. Put it on the, the, the QR code that Mike had talked about. Let us know. Let us serve you because we are family. So we want to welcome you home. If you're a guest visiting with us, we love you so much and we're so glad that you're here. No matter what campus you're at, whether you're at GBB, our God Behind Bars campus, you're online, you're at our Bristol watch party, whatever it is, we love you so much. Hey, speaking of uh, God Behind Bars, I was with Pastor Lisa Cole as uh, I was preparing the message this week, and uh, we were just talking, and one of the things that we do, uh, since you give so generously, is for the inmates at our God Behind Bars campus, we will buy them cards that they can send home. So like for Easter and Christmas and Mother's Day and Father's Day, and we are just talking, and she couldn't get me all the numbers, so she just got them from one of the prisons. And from one of the prisons, uh, through your generosity, we were able to provide over 1,000 Mother's Day cards, but less than 200 Father's Day cards. And it's not because the money wasn't there. It's because there was no need for those cards to be written. Let me tell you a few more things I found in, in our preparation. Young men from fatherless homes are 279% more likely to carry a gun or participate in drug trafficking than those living with fathers. Adolescents from fatherless homes are four times more likely to become pregnant as when they're young. And children of fatherless homes are at a significantly higher rate and risk of infant mortality and suicide. Now, I don't tell you this to make you feel hopeless or to make you feel bad. Actually, there's two things I hope that you will receive through those statistics. One is that if you are a father in the home, your role matters. It is not an accident, it's an office ordained by God to make an eternal impact. And two, if you are currently in a home that does not have a father, or you came from a home that does not have a father, you will not be a statistic, but you will be a showcase on what God can do through his family of faith promise, through a church. Amen? Fatherlessness is a growing issue. And not just biological fatherlessness, but spiritual fatherlessness. It affects how kids and students grow up, how they view their life and their future. There's more than physical consequences, but there are lasting emotional, spiritual, and eternal consequences as well. And hey, listen, no matter where you're at with God, whether you're new to your relationship with God, you've been walking with God for a long time, or you're suspicious of God, or let's just be honest, on Father's Day, maybe you're mad at Him. Maybe you're bitter, but can I tell you this? There is absolutely hope for where you're at. And listen, there's not just hope, even though that's plenty. There's some people on this day who feel hopeless, but there's not only hope, but there's purpose for you and your family right where you are. I know it. Now, how can I be so sure? Well, I can be so sure because I don't count on the world to tell me what a man is supposed to be or what a family is supposed to look like or how we're supposed to act. I go to the Word. And you guys have been alive long enough to see the world doesn't know. It's a moving target, and that's how the enemy likes it. But the Word is very clear on what the family looks like, on what spiritual fathers look like. And so we're going to be in Psalms 112 today, and I'm going to read you a couple verses out of it. We're going to talk about what we can practically do to see world change through our families. In Psalms 112, starting in verse 1, it starts like this. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. 
If you're wondering what your next step or maybe your first step is to being a spiritual father, a spiritual leader, hey, we model praising God. We model praising God. I was at our Anderson campus last week, and I like to worship up front. I was up front raising my hands, jumping around, and every time I'd raise my hand, I would see something move out of my periphery over here, right? And so I raised my hand again and glanced over, and there's these two uh, young men. Maybe you don't know this at all of our campuses, but we bring the fourth and fifth graders into the worship service on the weekend so they can watch the adults and learn how to worship. And so these, these two boys, whatever I would do, they would do. So if I held my hands up, they held, if I jumped around, they would jump around. If I put my hands on a worshipful moment, they would do it. You know what I loved? They didn't know what they were doing. They were trying to figure it out. But I love, they are, going, they are going to model their way into worship. We, what a great first step to praise the Lord, thanking God for what he's done. Hey, dads or spiritual dads, what stories do you tell your kids? Is it about that bass you caught that one time? Because it wasn't that big. You and I both know it. <laughs> Is it about your glory days in sports? You weren't that good, okay? You're lucky they don't have Instagram re reels at that point, right? Hey, listen, if you want your kids to see God as father, let them see God in their father. This works for you, mom. This works for anybody standing in that spiritual father role. Let's keep on going in Psalms 112. The back of verse one, I love this. It says, blessed are those who fear the Lord, who find great delight in his commands. Hey, let me ask you this, dads. What are you teaching your kids to fear? When they watch you, what matters? Because they will figure out what matters and what to fear by what we prioritize. This matters, right? Do we teach them that having the newest stuff matters? Do we teach them that looking a certain way matters? What do we teach them? What do we teach them to fear by how we respond? Hey, singles and, and students, right? If you're not a dad or a spiritual dad, this applies to you. What are you afraid of? And you may think nothing. I'm not really afraid of anything. What about finding a good college? a good job, a great spouse, finding meaning in life, finding purpose. A few weeks ago, we talked about reevaluating what's important, reevaluating success. And we even looked at secular, uh, some New York Times posted studies that being the best in academics and other things, that that's not what's most important to somebody being successful. But we have to know that what's important, that well-rounded, well-educated, and listen, happy, that's not success. Let me ask you a really pointed question. Are you afraid that you or your kids, are you afraid of y'all not being happy? Is that what drives your decisions? Is that what drives how you talk to them? I get it. I want my kids to be happy, but it's not what's most important. Listen, if we want happy homes, more than we want holy homes, we will end up with neither. If we want happy homes, more than we want holy homes, we will end up with neither. If you want your family to see God as Father, let them see Father God in you. Can you imagine it? Having homes that don't struggle with studying God's word, but they find happiness in holiness. They find delight in devotion. They find treasure in his truth. Not afraid of God, God's commandments, but instead walking in the freedom that they provide. 
Only then will we be able to unleash a generation. Listen, it's not to protect them. It's not to keep them happy. It's to make them holy and unleash them on an unholy world. Then we can unleash a Christ-centered, biblically-anchored, world-changing generation. You can do it, Dad. You can do it, Mom. And we can do it together. Faith promise. That's something we're called to do. So how will we do it? How will we walk this out? Let's start somewhere familiar. In our theme verse for the year, in Psalms 90, verse 17, it says, May the favor of the Lord be upon us and confirm the work of our hands. Yes, confirm the work of our hands. Hey, Dad, spiritual Dad, let's start with the mindset of seeking God's favor first, making that's what's most important. Because if you want your family to see God as Father, let them see Father God in you. Let's keep on going in Psalms 112. In Psalms 112, verse 2, I love this. It says, their children will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. They will be mighty in the land. I love, they won't be survivors. They will, they will thrive. They won't be meek and, try, and just try to make their way through. They will be mighty and make an eternal difference. So what can we do? What can we practically do Right, to see that happen. I'm gonna give you three things that we can do and I pray that we will live this out. The first thing that we can do is let our family see the joy of knowing God personally. The joy of knowing God personally. Now listen, if you are gonna punch me in the stomach, I would want you to tell me first, okay? So this is me telling you that it's coming. Brace yourself. I, listen, whenever I prepare a message, I, I take some beatings. I don't like to do that alone. So we're going to do it together, okay? Together. This is, this is a congregational beating, all right? Letting them see the joy of knowing God starts with you, Dad. Starts with you, leader. Hey, listen. People don't reject Jesus. They reject hypocrisy. That's what Gandhi said. He said, hey, I love your Christ. I just don't like your Christians. One of my favorite quotes is this. Rules without relationship leads to rebellion. Hey, dads, if you're going to just be the rule guy and relegate the relationship to your wife, look forward to rebellion. But I don't think it's what we want. If we want our family to see God as Father, let them see Father God in you. We have to model this, dads and spiritual dads. This is, not, uh, this is, this is a joy. It's not a drag. Listen, we do this by practically getting in God's word and getting in prayer. Now, you may say, Zach, you know, you went to school for that, man. You're a professional Christian, right? It's easy for you. Listen, I'm not writing sermons for my house, okay? Now, I, I want to live out a sermon with what I say and how I respond. But listen, for the Bible, for my kids, JL, my daughter is seven, River is three. I will, we will pull out the kids' version Bible app, and we do two stories every night. It takes 10 minutes. They answer the questions. I'm just wanting to get in them. I'm wanting to get in them. And then before I leave for work, we pray. And then before they go to bed, we pray. It's not something crazy spiritual. Rachel's not in the corner with a tambourine leading worship. That's not what's happening. We do that after they go to bed. I'm just joking. Sorry. Um, <laughs> either way. So I pray. And it's simple. I say, God, you, listen. Now this is what I say. You're the most important thing to our family. My kids could recite it. It's so consistent. And that's what I want. You're the most important thing to my family. If you stop my kids in the lobby, say, hey, what do we do? What do you do at your house? Jay, I'll tell you, we love God. We love people. We pursue purpose. That's what we do. We're real people with real problems and who need God's real love. And it's not because I'm more spiritual than you, but I might be more consistent. 
That's the question. And dads, we can do it. Let me tell you this. I believe it's the, the bottom of who I am. If they hear it and they see it, they might do it. If they hear it and don't see it, they'll never do it. Right? Listen, it's more than just what we do. This is who we are. This is who we are. Here's something else we can do. So first, the joy of knowing God personally. I love this next one. The presence and power. Let them see the presence and power of God in the church. Does anybody love church? At any of our campuses, did you guys love church? <clears throat> this place is awesome for me. It's where I met my wife. It's where I got saved. It's where I got called to ministry. It's where I saw my first actual miracle. When I was 18, a guy walked up on crutches and said, I don't want to walk away with these. Right? I'm about to pee my pants. I pray over this big six foot five, five guy named Rich. He slams his crutches down on the stage and walks back. We threw him away. This is an awesome place. Listen, when my kids wake up, I've got Riverman. He's my middle. Uh, he's, he's three. When he wakes up in the morning, he doesn't say, hey, Dad, are we going to eat today? Never has he asked that. He will sleep and talk about hot dogs <laughs> in his dreams. He wakes up and says, hey, Dad, what are we going to eat today? Not will we eat today. My kids don't say, will we go to church today? They believe this place is awesome, right? So let me ask you this. Have you built a culture that church is optional or that it is awesome? What have you built? We love this place. It is a place of life change where God wants to change the world through it. The kids asking if we're going to go to church would be like Rachel asking, hey, Zach, are we going to make out tonight? Yes, we are. <laughs> Once again, she's at Farragut in the front row. Yes, we are. Because it's awesome. It's not optional. I don't know if it's awesome for her. It's awesome. Right? <laughs> I'm going to stop. I got other things in my head, and none of them are on my notes. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. Hey, hey. School's not optional. Practice isn't optional. Church is not optional. But listen, church is not just a destination. You don't, you're, you're, you're awesome of what you done, do for God. Doesn't, it's not about being at a church. It's about an identity. It's not a destination. It's an identity. I love this. In Psalms 112, it said, their children. I believe when it says their children, it expands. It expands where it's not just talking about like me, me and my wife and my three kids. When it says theirs, I start thinking about your kids. I start thinking about how I live my life with your kids, what they see me do, whether we're at church, whether we're at the grocery store, whether they see me driving. I want them to see that we are the church no matter where we go by what we value. Now you may say, what do we value? Well, we have some very specific values that faith promise that believe make us the church of God. And we have to value them. If we want our kids and students to value them, we have to value them. If we want our kids and students to put God first, are we going to put our phones down and model it? If we want our kids and students to grow together, will we schedule and prioritize group and pour into other people and model it? If we want our kids and students to serve, Will you take part in serve day as a family and model it? If we want our kids and students to give generously, will you tell them that, that all of your money belongs to God, but we tie this first 10% to him? 
And this last one, I know it's so challenging. No, none of these are easy, but they're eternal. And you're a supernatural being. That's who you are. If we want our kids and students to tell them of him, to share the gospel. And listen, you know that 47% of millennials feel it's morally wrong to share their faith? And we can shame millennials if we want. I don't think they came up with that on their own. Sorry, let me say it again. I don't think we, millennial, came up with that on our own. We watched something, and we have to commit that it'll be different going forward. Will we tell them of him where we live, work, study, shop, and play? If you want our, if we want our family to see God as Father, let them see Father God in us. Hey, there's a big difference between being a Christian family and being a Christ-centered family. And you're a Christ-centered family whenever you value what Christ values. Hey, let me give you one more thing we could do. And I want to tell you a few stories with this one because I think that these preach it way better than I could. The last one is let, let's let our children feel the thrill of being used by God. Feel the thrill of being used by God. I want to tell you about Ryder Freeman who's 14 years old, serves our North Campus, and actually serves at Promesa de Fe at the North Campus. We have a Spanish-speaking campus there. And the, and the campus pastor actually sent me this little note uh, this week about Ryder. He said that he started serving last year after COVID, and we had a huge need for volunteers in production. It says week after week, he takes ownership of what he does and always gives feedback on what he thinks could improve the experience for Spanish-speaking promisers. Ryder does not know Spanish. Zero Espanol. I'll go, I'll go there, be in the booth, and I'll say, how do you know when to change the slides? He's like, I'm not sure. <laughs> Follow the Spirit's leading. It's amazing. But what I love is he's watching God move in a language that he doesn't understand. And he's feeling the thrill of being used by God. It's amazing. It's amazing. I love this one. Dalton. Dalton, who's at our Blunt campus, he's 15 years old. He actually interns with us at Faith Promise. Uh, Dalton is making a huge impact. He serves as a host in FP Kids. He serves in students all over the campus. What I love about Dalton is he started coming to FP students and then he started bringing his mom on the weekend, then his brother, and then his dad. But it wasn't long after that whenever his mom started coming, his mom got baptized. It wasn't long after his brother started coming, his brother got baptized. Now his dad is scheduled to be baptized because Dalton is feeling the thrill of being used by God. It's amazing. It's amazing. Look at that. This shit better. Wow, so good. Okay. Uh, one more. Grace DeJarnett serves at our Anderson campus. She's 16 years old. She also interns uh, with us, feels a call to vocational ministry. Uh, she currently serves as a stage host. She leads uh, with, with our worship team. Uh, she really does anything that she can. What I wanted to highlight about her is that uh, during COVID, you know, we, we stopped meeting there for a while, all that stuff. Uh, so she started a group at a coffee shop after school, and it got to where about 30 students were attending that Bible study and loving on each other in that season at 16 years old, because she is feeling the thrill of being used by God to make an eternal impact. Amen. That's so good. It's so good. If you want your family to see God as Father, let them see Father God in you, in us. Hey, in the Old Testament, the spiritual father of the Israelites, he issued a challenge. And it's the same one I feel like God wants us to be issued 
that God wants to issue today. It's in Joshua 24, uh, verses 14 and 15. Now listen, sometimes I know in the Bible it can be hard to find yourself in it, right? This one won't be. You will know exactly where you are. And I want you to find that, and I want you to commit that you're going to honor God in what he calls you to go going forward from there. In Joshua 24, starting in verse 14, it says this, Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Listen, throw away the God, gods of your ancestors. Throw away the gods your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. Listen, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, where the gods your ancestors served. Hey, some of you guys, there's some generational curses on your life that, that, that your parents walked in. And some of us need to throw those away and walk a different path. And that's, can't, that may not be drugs, that may not be addiction, that may be a fear of man, that may be status, I don't know what it is. So, but the God of your ancestors beyond the Euphrates and the gods of the Amorites in whose land you're living now, how many of us know that the gods that this world lifts up are not the God of the Bible? So we have to make a consistent decision that that's not who we will serve. I love this. I love this. And what Joshua said is what our families, what our church, and what our communities need to hear us say. He said, but as for me and my family, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. I love that. I bet you his kids and his wife, they were standing there during that declaration. He didn't say, as for me and my house, as for me and me, I will serve the Lord. He said, as for me and my house, ownership, we will serve the Lord. So faith promise, dad, choose this day who you will serve. Hey, listen, if, you're a, if your family does not have a dad in the home, a father, you're feeling a tug on your heart to take ownership and step up into that spiritual father role. You may be a mom, a grandparent, a son or a daughter, but do it. Can I encourage you, Dad? Let me give you a very practical step. Will you circle your family up this week? Around the table, I don't care where you do it. Circle up and read Joshua 24 and claim this day who you will serve. And hey, you know what? You may have to apologize. That's okay. I've apologized to my family for not leading well in certain seasons. There's few things more powerful than an apology. Hey, husbands, you may not have kids yet. You need to be the spiritual leader before they get there. You may need to have a course-correcting conversation. If you don't have a dad in the home, I want to encourage you to circle your family up and do this. Honor God. Choose this day whom you will serve. Can I tell you, at Faith Promise, now we're not perfect, but we are set up to provide spiritual mothers and fathers. If you say right now, I don't have a spiritual mother or father, I don't care if you're in sixth grade or if you're a senior. Adult, If you need a spiritual mother and father, we do that through serving in groups. So mark the communication card that that's what you want, that you want a spiritual mother and father. And we're, we're going to drop the ball again. We're not perfect, but we want to do our best to love you and push you towards what God's calling you to. The church should take over the nation, the world, with this real love of Jesus. And this will happen Monday through Friday, starting with you, Dad. Don't forget what God wants you to know. He loves you. He's proud of you. And he believes in you. As I've walked my life with my friends, young men and women who don't have either biological dads or spiritual dads, if there was a word I could put on it, and you probably felt it, it'd be bondage. It'd be bondage. What better weekend to walk in freedom than a weekend 
where we celebrate as a nation Juneteenth, where we stop and say today, today we celebrate the freedom of the, of the enslavement of our brothers and sisters who were made in the same image of God that we all were. Amen. Is that not amazing? Amazing. Amazing. So God wants to be your heavenly father. So hey, campus pastors, take over and lead people into freedom for the first time. Hey, if you've never made that decision, God desperately wants a relationship with you. He wants to be your spiritual father, and he wants you to walk in this family we call the church. I love this. Paul, one of the earliest followers of Christ, he writes this in Romans 8. He says, the spirit himself, God's spirit, cries out with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children with God, also heirs. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. Is that not crazy? He offers you a relationship with God the Father and the relationship of being, being Jesus' brother, heirs with Christ. If indeed we will suffer with him so that we may be glorified with him. Being a Christian, it's not all butterflies and rainbows. There will be some suffering as we take ground for the kingdom, but it's nothing in comparison with the glory of seeing his kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If this weekend you're like, hey man, I, I want that, but I don't know how to do that. You don't know what I've done. You don't know where I've been. I don't, but God does. He knows we'll be right here this weekend. And that's why Paul wrote this in Romans 10, 9 and 10. He said, confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. For with a heart, a person believes, resulting in righteousness. And with the mouth, he or she confesses, resulting in salvation. And that's exactly what we're going to do right now. We're going to pray a salvation prayer, a confessional prayer. And there are so many of you that are going to do this for the first time. And you're going to join this family. And we're going to go crazy and celebrate that you did it. And we're going to walk with you every step of the way. So if faith promise, we don't pray alone. So would you bow your head and close your eyes all over the room and just prepare for this. And just repeat after me. Say, God, thank you for wanting me. Please forgive me. I want to be a part of your family. I want a new heart. I want a new life. Thank you for the gift of Jesus. I will love and follow you no matter what. Hey, let's just sit in this moment. Don't, don't look around, just me and you. Let's not rush this. This is special. If you made that decision this weekend for the first time, would you just raise your hand? I just want to be able to pray for you and celebrate. If you made the decision, you gave your life to Christ for the first time, amen. Awesome, awesome. Hands all over, praise God. Hey guys, can we celebrate with those people who gave their life to Christ this weekend? Amen, amen. Thank you, God, so good. Hey, if you gave your life to Christ this weekend or any of the last couple weekends that haven't let us know, would you text the word SAVED to the number on the screen? Or would you write on the communication card and drop in the bucket on your way out? We want to serve you and this family. Your potential is our passion. It's why we wake up in the morning to serve you. God has a purpose for you, and we cannot wait to see it. You're going to be blown away. Hey, we're about to enter into one of the most special times of worship. And uh, I love it. 
And on Father's Day, I think we need to stop for a moment and say happy Father's Day to our Abba Father. Amen. Amen. Now, I don't know about you. I love my kids. But I can't imagine sacrificing one of my kids so that I can let more people into a relationship with me. But that's exactly what God did. He sent Jesus, his one and only son, to come and make a way for us to be a part of this family, to be a part of him being our heavenly father, Jesus being our savior. No matter what we've done, the world may tell you you're trash, but God's word and his actions say that you're treasure. Say that that's who you are. And so there's tables for communion all over the room. And when you come up to him, you'll see bread. And that represents Christ's body that he broke for us. You'll see juice that represents his blood that he spilled for us. So that all the things that you've done wrong would be washed away. And we could celebrate Father's Day with our true father in a family that can never be taken, can never be shaken. I know your earthly family may have crumbled and you've been abandoned, but Jesus stepped out in an act that makes it to where you'll never be abandoned. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. And so I'm gonna pray for us and we're gonna worship in this time. Don't rush it. What a beautiful moment with our Abba Father on Father's Day. Let's pray. God, we love you. We're so grateful for the opportunity to take communion, the Lord's Supper, and to say thank you for what you've done. This act of worship. We talk about real people with real problems, experiencing your real love. Jesus, the cross is a representation of the most real love. Someone laying their life down for someone who, for a people, me, who ran from you. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me back to you. Thank you, Abba Father, for seeing me as your son when I couldn't. We love you. In your precious name we pray. Amen.